All right. Hi there. And welcome to Maxwell Video Podcast, a podcast where we invite the top people in the industry uh, to share their knowledge on how to increase, I don't know, your sales or how you can get better at affiliate marketing or just marketing in general. Uh, I'm Anna, the CEO of Maxweb, uh, the best CPA network in the world. <laughs> if you want to learn more about us, please go to maxweb.com or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram uh, at Maxweb Affiliate Network. Today, I'm so excited to introduce a really dear friend of mine. Um, he's brilliant, and I'm so honored that he would take the time to chat with us. So, Jay, welcome. Thanks for having me, Anna. This has been great. And, and obviously, thank you for the awesome swag. It's super cool. I'm, Love it. I'm so honored that you would wear it, right? I, I honestly, I think they're amazing, but I'm a bit biased, you know? And, and for those out there, I don't just wear this when I'm on the Maxwell podcast. I actually wear these all the time. Campfire, like these are getting sported for oh. sure. So it's awesome. That's wonderful. So instead of me using a blurb about you and I'm not going to be as accurate, I would love for you, you know, to, um, you can do it now or when we start your slides, I would love for you to tell everyone who you are, right? Because I already know how brilliant and great you are. Um, everyone in the industry knows you, uh, but who knows? Maybe we have a bunch of new friends today. Uh, so I would love if you can share a bit about yourself, something fun as well, like that you haven't told people on a podcast yet. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cool. All right. Threw me on the spot. That's a curveball right there. No, that's cool. Um, so, uh, well, I'm Jason Hunt. I'm a co-founder at Merged Media. Um, we're a digital marketing agency. We help out small to medium-sized businesses with their digital marketing. Um, to give you a bit of background, I, I started a social media agency back in 2016 when social media was kind of cutting edge and paid advertising on social was cutting edge. So it was very easy to drum up a lot of business in a short period of time in 2016. Fast forward to 2021, if I call anybody about social media or any small business about social media, I'm probably the 40th person that's called that day. So it's become a, a very a much more competitive market, but which is why I actually merged my social media agency with an SEO company in 2019 and, and one of the best SEO companies in Canada. And I say that because if you Google SEO companies in Canada, you're going to see a company named Casio near the top. That's the agency I partnered with. And we're all under one roof uh, managing social and SEO and website optimization for our clients. Um, I'm in Canada. I'm in um, just outside of Toronto in a place called Guelph, Ontario, where unlike the rest of the world, we're still in lockdown. So uh, haven't had a chance to get a haircut recently, um, but uh, that's okay. That's cool. Spending a lot of time with family and and uh, and trying to make the most of the time that we have now with family, right? Because when we do come out of this, things are going to get busy again. We're going to be traveling, which is where Anna, you and I originally met, was speaking at, yeah. um, I believe we were speaking in uh, Portugal or was oh. it Prague? Portugal. Yeah, it was Portugal this time. I know. And I was about to say your hair looks great. So, oh, wow. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I really meant I really mean it. Yeah. My wife right. would disagree with you, but that's cool. Well, <laughs> I mean, de definitely listen to her. You know, the, the wife always knows best. Just ask my husband, uh, you know. Yeah, Every just partner knows that. That's right. I'm just trying to figure out a way to turn the grays back to, to brown. That would be cool, but neither here well, nor there. Well, we will find a really good supplement for you in the affiliate market. Hey, world. there you go. I'm talking to the right gal. That's right. All the advertisers that are tuning in, just think about a product like that. Jay's going to be our, our, our first customer. Guinea pig. I'll be the guinea pig. There you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so many friends with us already. I am uh, so excited and so honored. Um, so if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, I highly recommend you watch this podcast again on video as our guest. And, you know, Jason has really great visual materials um, they like to share. I love it when when they share this during the, the podcast. So uh, you can find the podcast again on the Maxwell YouTube channel or watch it again on Facebook. Um, and of course, remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss on all our amazing content. So uh, that's, you know, I, I promise that's it from my end for a bit. Uh, I would let, let Jason do his thing because um, I'm very excited. I have my notebook here. I'm going to take a lot of notes. Um, and thank you again for doing this. I'm, I'm extremely excited to, to listen. Thanks for have, having me, Anna. And I love the format that you're doing here. Um, we had Anna on our podcast as well, but you've taken it to the next level with these video slides embedded into the podcast. I love it. It's awesome. And I'm looking forward to any Q&A we're going to have afterwards. Let's do it. Awesome. I'm excited. 
Cool. So today we're going to geek out on Facebook. Quality leads on Facebook do exist. I know a lot of you out there are like Facebook is just crap, but there are good leads on Facebook. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how to drive those leads into not just customers or not just converting those Facebook leads, but breeding a long-term customer because that's what we all want. We just don't want the one and done. We want a long-term customer off of a Facebook lead. So to give you a quick background on me, uh, years ago, I used to have a band in Japan and, um, and you know, we were okay. I, I was a, kind of a terrible singer, but through marketing my band, I was able to, to manufacture a tour of Japan, which was kind of cool at the time. And it was when I was making the music and singing the music, I had an epiphany and that was, uh, marketing is my thing because I like marketing the music more than performing the music. So for me, it was like, okay, this is my thing. I'm going all in on marketing and fast forward to, to 2021. And I, and I run a team of digital marketing rock stars outside of Toronto, Ontario here. Um, now let's understand Facebook, understanding the numbers. Okay. The daily active users on Facebook, you're looking at 1.79 billion. Okay. And the monthly active users, 2.7 billion. So, um, there's a lot of attention there. So if you're somebody out there, that's like, yeah, Facebook's not for me. My audience isn't there. You're wrong because your audience is there. You just need to understand the mindset that that audience is in when they're on the Facebook platform. Okay. And this is a 12% increase year over year, which is crazy. Even with all the Cambridge Analytica stuff was happening, um, Facebook continues to increase year over year. And this was just last year, 2020, in the midst of a pandemic. Now, one thing people need to understand is Facebook. There is minimal intent on the platform, okay? Like, it's not Google ads. Google, Google is much different. People are typing in something in a search query and getting an answer to their question. Facebook user does not know there's a problem yet. So you need to create that intent with that Facebook user and educate them on the problem they may have, and then showcase yeah. them a series of objections later on down that funnel. Okay. Now the recipe for success. Um, you know, what, what, if you, what do you guys think? Drop in the comments there. What do you think is the most important asset you have for increasing your sales right now? What do you guys think? Drop it in there. Let's go. Oh my gosh, so many comments. So everyone listening in, yes, definitely watch the uh, the the videos too. Yes, I will answer it for the people on the audio then right now. So the most important asset you have for increasing your sales is your email list. Okay, people that are on your Facebook, your Facebook uh, likers, your Instagram followers, your TikTok followers, you don't own them. Okay, you don't own them. Facebook could shut down tomorrow, you lose them all, but you're not going to lose your email list. So we're reframing the way that you're looking at that Facebook lead. Get them off of Facebook and get them onto your email list where you own their contact information. Okay. So you got Facebook, get the email and on email is where you're going to sell them. We're not going to dive into email marketing today. Um, that's for another time and place. Today, we're just going to talk about getting that lead off of Facebook. Okay. So first things first, you want to create a lead magnet. Okay. Now a lot of a lot of you guys out there, you guys are savvy marketers. If you follow Max Web, you definitely know your stuff. So you know, lead magnet is not a foreign term to you. But um, you know, while I'm talking about lead magnets, maybe just think about a kind of a lead magnet that that you could really use for your business. That's going to matter to that audience that's seeing it in their journey. Okay. Um, that's the key. It's in their journey because each, each of your clients or customers out there is at a different stage of the journey. So you need to make sure that that lead magnet that you create resonates with that potential customer in their journey. Okay. Some examples of this checklists, PDF downloads, market reports, eBooks, white papers, video, anything that's going to kind of position you as that thought leader. Okay. A lot of times you can introduce a lead magnet to a cold audience. You could totally do that. I personally like the strategy of driving them to your blog content first and then retargeting them with a lead magnet because it's, you don't want to ask them for something a little too soon in their journey. That's why I kind of like that route, but that route only works if you're spending enough money to create a big pool of people um, that are hitting your website and hitting that Facebook pixel that are prime for the retargeting. Okay, but if you're on a lower budget, then go straight for the lead magnet. Okay. Here's an example of one that we did for our audience, reasons why your Facebook ads aren't converting to leads. These are basically three to five page, you know, this was a three to five page white paper. And this is the easy point of entry here. And this content here has been sitting on our blog for months. 
And rather than reinventing the wheel and having to write and create a brand new piece of content, I know a lot of you are busy. You don't have time for that. Go take a look at the blog content that you have out there. Compile it into a design. You can use a platform like Canva to design it. Or if you have VAs, VAs are great for designing it. Our team created this one here. And you can just basically put it on there, make it look pretty. But now this is something somebody can take away. Somebody can hold. It's tangible, right? And now they're going to give you their email in order to get this ebook or white paper. It's, it's much more powerful than, than just sending people to your website or to your blog where they're going to bounce in a couple minutes. You know what I mean? So now you got that contact information from them. Here's another example of one that we did for a client. This one here was a, is a realtor over in LA that's trying to find people that are looking to sell distressed houses. Okay. Um, not exactly affiliate, but this still applies to any sort of service-based business or any sort of lead generation. It's something that matters to that market that they're after. So we can make the assumption that if somebody downloads this white paper, you know, that's now a warm lead. All right. That's going to create a very easy conversation later on. Another one. I mean, this could work for tiny houses. If you're in a tiny house niche, you know, four yeah. reasons to, you know, build a tiny house or build a modular home in this case in 2021. This is a really, this was, this white paper crushed it and, and it crushed it because it was relevant at the time. You know, here in Ontario and Canada, there's a big problem and that is housing prices are stupid. They're ridiculous. They're too high. So a lot of these baby boomers, they're downsizing, but they can't afford to move because housing costs are too high. But people are moving two or three hours outside of the city and buying pieces of land to put a modular house on. So the timing of this white paper was very important. Okay, so it has to be something that's relevant right now. For our own business, we're doing a white paper on the Google Web Core Vitals update that's happening at the end of the month. Okay, that is relevant in this industry right now that we're in. So that's something we're going to create. So just make sure that that white paper that you do create is relevant with the times. Okay. Mm. Choosing your objective. Um, so obviously you have a ton of options on Facebook. Whatever you tell Facebook, that's what they're going to do. So if you tell Facebook, I want leads, Facebook's going to put your ad in front of people that have a tendency to become a lead. If you, uh, if you want traffic, then tell Facebook to put your ads in front of people that have a tendency to click on go to a website. If you boost, don't ever do it again. Don't if you if you boost content, don't ever boost content again because when you boost content, you're telling Facebook to put your ads in front of anybody without any rhyme or reason. So what do you think Facebook's going to do? They're going to optimize for brand awareness and they're just going to put your ads in front of users that scroll. You know, you do, there's, like we talked before, 2.7 billion monthly active users, a lot yeah. of scrollers out there, right? We learned from you. We, we learned it. We, you know, preach. We a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, it's easy point of entry boosting, right? Like you see that nice bright blue button there. It's, yeah. It looks so enticing for a business owner that has no time or an yeah. affiliate marketer that has no time. Yeah. Okay. I'll boost it but you're not going to get much from it nor get much result. So um, I suggest going in the Facebook ad manager, going in there and telling Facebook to put your ads in front of people that have that tendency. A lot of you out there might be conversions. Okay. This works really well with high ticket items. This whole white paper strategy that I'm talking about, perfect for high ticket item. So creating those audiences is very important. Um, I'm sure a lot of you out there have done this in the past, but there are so you can get so deep with the custom audiences. You know, you can target people that have uh, spent a certain amount of time on your website. Imagine you can create an audience of people spending the top 25% of their time of, uh, on your website, like the people spending the most time on your website, not people that are bouncing off or people that are hitting your uh, hitting your site, not seeing much interest and in bouncing off. That's not a good person to put into your custom audience. Somebody that's good in your custom audience is somebody that has browsed many pages, spent a lot of time on your site. So create a custom audience of those people and then go and tell Facebook to create a lookalike audience from those people. So Facebook's going to go scan those 2.7 billion profiles from the monthly active users and find the perfect user that matches the interest, behaviors, the books, the movies, Facebook knows whether they have a tendency to click on content and purchase items online. You don't know that knowledge. You don't know that information about your target audience. Facebook knows a lot more about your audience than you do. You can sit there, build your avatar all day long, but at the end of the day, do you really know if people have a tendency, if your ideal audience has a tendency to go and purchase things on a certain type of website? Facebook has that data. Okay. 
Targeting a customer list. If you have an email list, obviously a great opportunity to create a custom from that and then a lookalike from your email list. If you have the ability to segment that list um, from people that are maybe, if you run a membership site, people that are long-term members, um, you might wanna create a, a lookalike audience of those users. And people always forget about exclusions. Right, like I'm sure a lot of people out there, you might have people that have a tendency to do chargeback or some, somebody that's just not an ideal client for you. Create an audience of those people and then a lookalike of that audience and exclude people like that. You know, I, I, I say it's, some people are like, like, like exclude, like for high ticket items, for example, if somebody, you know, luxury resort or something like that, you might want to exclude something like Walmart. You know, people that are interested in Walmart might not be interested in resort trips to Turks and Caicos. You know what I'm saying? So just being aware that there is that ability to do exclusions and take advantage of that because there's a lot of a lot of power to that. Nice. Facebook, yeah, also Facebook video content is important as well. You know, capturing people that watch 50% of a video, it's a pretty engaged user. Um, that's really good top of funnel because if you have, let's say, a one-minute video and you capture people watching 50% of a one-minute video, um, they're going to be familiar with your brand and they'll be ripe for that lead magnet ad or that lead gen ad. So just a little two-step funnel for you to think about. Then you wanna set up your email campaign, okay? Provide lead magnet in the first email and then set up that drip follow-up sequence afterwards, bringing them continuous value, okay? I'm not your email guy. Maybe Anna can probably tell you a lot more on how to set up that uh, that email oh, yeah. correspondence we afterwards. A podcast, just mm -hmm. fast backward uh, we have wonderful podcasts we had one with Liz Graham um, on specifically how to set up email campaigns so absolutely we got everyone covered <laughs> yeah definitely cool um, but yeah and that's that's your opportunity to start building that relationship right like that's where you want to do it is in email you can do it through Facebook retargeting through a series of Facebook ads but like I said the mindset of that person on Facebook is to see pictures of friends and family and, and information in groups and communities it's not necessarily to buy something right and and even if somebody downloads that PDF a lot of times they don't want that user Right. So they're gonna they're they're gonna continue on to Facebook. They're they're gonna continue on to Facebook and they're not gonna go check their email right away. So you wanna make sure that um you know your call read that content right there and then, but they'll read it when they're in their inbox later on. You there, Anna? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I can you think hear me? It, yeah, I can okay, hear you now. Perfect. I wanted to see if it's uh, okay, perfect. If you or me, but it's definitely you, Jason. Sorry. Okay, no <laughs> worries, no worries. Okay, we're good. All right. So what we're talking about today is the icebreaker strategy. Okay, this is it. This is this is essentially what that white paper is for you. It's the ad. It's the icebreaker strategy. And here, here is how it goes. Right. You get your step one. Ad testing. You're going to want to test multiple ads, okay? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You want to test different headlines, different description, different copy, different images, okay? Now, when I say different images or video, you want to make sure that you're covering all of those placements on Facebook, okay? Make sure you're covering, you know, whether it's a carousel ad, okay? Because some people have a tendency to opt in the carousel ads. Also have vertical video, horizontal video. It depends. People are different. And like I said, 2.7 billion active users, a lot of different people are opting into different types of ads. So keep that in mind. Make sure you cover all of your spots. Then you choose the converting ad, the one that's working best. Pick the one, you know, typically there's one that's going to stand out amongst the rest. It's going to have great copy. The copy is going to work at converting people. You're going to have a great image or video. And then we like to double down on what's working. Okay, then you're going to want to have that contact info submitted. Very easy for a user on Facebook. They're simply going click, click, submitting their information because it's auto filled with Facebook. And then you're setting up your email automation. Okay, they're going to get that email immediately in their inbox. Not everybody's going to read it right away, but they're going to have the expectation that it will be sitting in their email, email inbox uh, when they're ready to consume it. Mm -hmm. And then the lead magnet, then they're going to download the lead magnet. Okay. Now it really depends on what kind of business that you're in on, on how you want to set up this sort of follow-up sequence, right? Like, you know, I tell people in, in real estate, for example, well, maybe drop them the lead magnet or quote unquote icebreaker, give them a call in a few days, 
And I say icebreaker because in a few days, you're going to follow up with them. And what you're going to do is you're going to call them up and say, hey, do you have any questions about that lead magnet in your email inbox? It's much better than a cold phone call, okay, if you're doing any sort of phone call sales. I've done it. I hated it. I mean, literally calling 100 people a day and seeing minimal activity from those 100 calls a day. I was like, this is stupid. This is dumb. This doesn't make sense. But all I needed at the time was an icebreaker, something like this, that I have something to talk about. It's like when you bring somebody over to your house and you have a nice, you know, a nice, a nice conversation starter sitting there on your coffee table. It's a picture book or something. It's something tangible that you can talk about in conversation so it's not so cold. And that's the idea here is using that not to close deals, but use it as your icebreaker. Okay. Now, after that, you're going to want to update your website, right? Facebook audits that post Facebook experience. So if you're sending any traffic to a Facebook, to a website that takes too long to load, um, that's just a bad user experience, that's clickbait, all that's going to happen is Facebook's going to charge you more for your impressions and it's just going to hurt your ROI or your ROAS. So make sure that you're, you're, it is a good experience post Facebook, okay? Because Facebook's auditing that. And then you want to track your success, put your Facebook pixel in place. I'm sure a lot of you probably do have your Facebook pixel set up. It did become a little more confusing this year with the Apple iOS update, but um, mm -hmm. if you're in the e-commerce space, but, uh, but definitely take advantage of that. It's not the end of the world if you, I mean, you want to have it set up, but then again, there's other ways you can track those users too by them clicking on your ads. Um, so if you don't have the pixel set up or it's broken for a couple of days, it's not the end of the world. You can still track people clicking on your ads on the Facebook level, okay? But it does get a little more complicated when we're talking about e-commerce and conversion tracking, okay? Suggestions for the lead magnet. Um, how to white papers, the aspirin effect. The aspirin effect is what is the immediate immediate course or immediate resolution to somebody's problem. That's the aspirin effect. If you're sick, you take an aspirin. Well, what is that What is that resolution to that person's problem or pain point? That's a great, um, a great solution to put into that white paper, okay? Uh, webinars, we do this all the time. Exclusive webinars are great, great opportunity for you to position yourself as the uh, as a thought leader in that industry. Um, you know, Anna does a great job of this with MaxWeb. Essentially, this could be a lead magnet for potential affiliates, getting people to watch this podcast. It's a great way of doing it. It's a way we do it as well with our podcast. I, I love it. It's great top of funnel, collecting people that consume good content, and you're leading with the value. People hear it all the time. It's so cliche now, but it's so important to lead with that value. And I find the more value you can lead with, the better long-term lead or client you're going to get, the better long-term client you'll get, right? Because I find at least in our business, you get a much longer leash <laughs> with the client when you're able to front load a lot of that value, right? They almost feel like they owe you, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when you get people coming in as a cold lead or a cold sale, a lot of times that leash isn't so long. It's very short and they just look for that first opportunity to bounce because you got to think about that, right? Like when somebody purchases something, there's always an element of buyer's remorse. Like, what did I just do? What did I just buy? Everybody gets it. I just signed up for this program. Was it a good investment? And then you got to do all this work to try to, you know, try to nullify that, 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 that buyer's yeah. remorse. You know what I mean? But if you front load all that value and when they purchase, it only makes sense at that point of purchase for them to purchase because you front loaded all the value. It just makes the whole process and the lifetime value of that client so much better. And lastly, video tutorials, edutainment. Like we see this all the time. TikTok's a great example of this as well. I mean, we're not getting into TikTok, but a lot of we see a lot of businesses and 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 in industries you wouldn't think of using TikTok now as a means mm -hmm. to generate leads and sales. Like we had a lawyer on our podcast a few weeks ago talking about how he uses TikTok to get leads as a lawyer. Like that's crazy to think about that when you're thinking about a platform that's predominantly used, a platform that's predominantly used for, you know what most people think is 18 year old singing in the mirror. And now you have lawyers that are actually using it to generate leads. So um, I know this is not a TikTok uh, presentation, but it's definitely a platform to pay attention to. And, and they just opened up their advertising as well. Um, I'm testing it right now as well uh, for us. And that, the, it, you know, the click cost is crazy low, isn't it? It's so good. It's so good. We, we decided to try it from like an affiliate marketing perspective, but it's, it's really the same thing, right? Um, 
but we are so excited that uh, we initially taught that the target market and basically the people using TikTok, to put it plainly, uh, were just kids. And that's mm. just mm. not true. Um, you know, a lot of younger adults um, love to be on there. And even for like, uh, I don't know, supplements or creams or um, I don't know if I read an article, I don't know how accurate it is, but um, a lot of like for Eastern Europe, Europe and the US, I think the number one user was uh, a 35 year old woman. So it was just surprising information, right? I, we just assumed a year ago that it's just kids playing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's valuable. I agree. Hey, it was, right? It was. And, and keep in mind, like TikTok ha was musically before TikTok. And it's been around for a while. So those kids that grew up on it are no longer kids. Right, yeah. they're getting into their Gen Zs, right? So they're 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 getting a little older now, and they are being, you know, they are purchasing, you know, some of these, uh, you know, uh, some of these products that you're talking about now. And and wow. to your point, I mean, it's a platform that's been established and around for a while, and parents want to see their kids on the platform, so they join the platform. This is how Facebook started too, right? Like yeah. Facebook caught on with the older generation, and now it's predominantly the older generation that's on Facebook. And um, so now TikTok's just, you know, it's the evolution of time, and eventually it's going to get there. So, um, and, and, and personally myself, like, uh, you know, it's almost like a, um, I hate to say it, but I, I love TikTok. Like I seriously consume like probably an hour a night of TikTok and, and it's just, it's crazy to think that, but it's, it's addictive because it's short little videos and caters to a shorter attention span like mine and the new generation, <laughs> right? You know, it's perfect, right? It's tough. You can't put it down. And, um, but I think the big challenge with TikTok is trying to get, um, a good user off of it to become a potential lead. There is a bit of a challenge to that because much like a little different than Facebook, but on TikTok, people really don't want their user experience disrupted. You know what I mean? They want to stay on the platform and continue to to create to, to to consume content. And for anybody advertisers out there on TikTok, you need to create content that's trendy because people can sniff yeah. a sniff an ad out in a second. And if they sniff an ad, they're on to the next one. So, you know, picking up on some of those trendy things is important. But this is another conversation for another day, Anna. We're not here another to talk about TikTok. No, what's, what's wrong with <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, guys, thank you so much. And if you guys want to connect or, or get at me, if you're listening, you can follow me at jhuntofficial, J-A-Y-H-U-N-T-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. TikTok, Clubhouse, Instagram, you can find me all on those platforms. And uh, I have a podcast called the Merged Marketing Podcast, merge.ca slash podcast. You can find the Merged Marketing Podcast on all your podcast channels. Thank you, Anna. Absolutely. So let's take some questions. Um, I hope you don't mind. I put a few aside because yesterday we announced the podcast to our affiliates and a lot of our friends that are unable to join basically usually due to the time difference right uh, so we we gathered the questions and i have a few ready for you so i'll start with those um so kyle was asking he said uh jason i have been doing a bit of facebook marketing but i don't know what tools i should be using for content um a friend recommended canva anything else that you think i should be using for generating content yeah, so Canva's really good. I mean, our you know our social media managers use Canva. Um, the only thing is, is you got to be careful because people can also sense a Canva post when they see one, and you don't want it to be like a, a generic template. Um, yeah. But with Canva, you could the like Canva's evolved quite a bit in the last five years. Like when we first did it, there was only a handful of templates when we first started using it years ago. And now they you can start doing video animations, you can start creating video. It, it's it's very user friendly and easy to use. Um, you know, I would live in Canva. I'm not the graphic design guy. I'll be straight up. So I have a team of graphic designers that use, you know, a, a ton of different platforms for creating mm -hmm. that content. Um, if I'm ever, you know. Uh, you know, I have to create something in the next five minutes. I'm going to hop on Canva. That's my thing because you can literally create something in five minutes that looks pretty good, you know? And, um, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is if you are creating content, keep it consistent with your brand. Um, it's very easy to create a bunch of different templates in Canva, but you know, yeah. one thing that when, when a user scrolling through Facebook, um, they're, they're trying to make a, you're trying to answer a question in their head within the first couple seconds of seeing your post. So if it's, if the branding is consistent, like MaxWeb does a great job of this is everything, you know, a MaxWeb post when you see one and that's what you want to do is create, you know, same color, same branding, same font. Don't mix it up and keep it consistent. 
Yep. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That that was so specific and helpful. All right. So uh, Liz is asking, um, how much money should I spend on a campaign before I give up? I know this yeah. is a broad question, but I don't know, something basic. Like, you know, we have a lot of people that are getting started. Uh, they're investing their own time and money. So, you know, I think that's a good, you know, question because not everyone has thousands of dollars a day to test and, you know, try new campaigns. It's, it's a great question. And we get it asked every single day. It's how much should I spend? And uh, the answer is this. So look, if, if what you want to essentially do is increase your ad frequency, which is how many times somebody sees an ad. Okay. Um, and that takes time. It takes time and money. So, you know, anybody that starts with us, if I say in the first month, you know, if they don't have a big budget, I say start from anywhere from like 30 to $50 a day. Okay. And in that first month, you're going to want to do that testing that we talked about in today's presentation, yeah. you know, test different headlines, different description, different images to find what works. And we dedicate the first month to that. In month two, this is where you want to start hammering the retargeting audiences. And I say wait until then because you want to have a big pool of people. If you just have a small little pool of people in your custom audience, it's going to be too expensive for you to get your ad in front of those people. And it's almost a waste of time. So, you know, you, what you want to do is not like how much should I spend or how long should I wait? You essentially want to increase the ad frequency to about five or six. So people are seeing your ad five or six times before, you know, they're making that decision on whether or not they want to buy or not. And then you got to think about the retargeting because what you're doing essentially, and we didn't even really dive into the customer journey that much today, but you have a top of funnel ad and that next ad that they used that you serve to that person needs to be addressing an objection of something. Why wouldn't they buy that product? It needs to make perfect sense for them to buy that product. So address that in the second ad and then carry it on. One thing you're not going to want to do is keep the same ad running and have it oversaturate. So I would say even weekly going in there and making a tweak to the ad, addressing a different objection. Um, I know I'm going with a long answer with this one here, but um, there's, there's no easy answer. I think the biggest thing is patience is the big thing. Um, you know, if you allocate $30 a day for three months, three months will give you a good enough time to, to, to look back and be like, okay, that was, that was money well spent. You know what I mean? Because you do want to get in front of the same users multiple times. That's the key. Yeah. Wonderful. All right, let's take one from our live friend. So Leopold, I know you can see um, the question on the screen. I'm just going to read it for yeah. everyone listening in on, on Apple or Spotify. Um, hello, two quick questions. One, what is the difference between leads and campaign and conversions on Facebook ads? Um, so I'll let you address that and then we'll ask the second one. Okay, cool. So uh, the difference between leads and conversions is basically it's the optimization that you're asking Facebook to optimize for. So um, there's on Facebook lead gen. So what that is, is basically when somebody goes on the Facebook and they click that call to action button, a screen's going to come up where people can input their contact information on Facebook. Okay, mm -hmm. that's a Facebook lead gen. The difference between conversions is conversions, you're telling Facebook to get your ads in front of people that are going to click off of Facebook, go to your website, and they're gonna actually buy the product. On the um, content you have. I don't know if it's just me. So until um, it comes back on, um, we get this a lot too. So uh, the leads are really uh, leads. <laughs> so you get the information of the, the, the customer, right? You'll get an email address where you can follow up with them. Um, they'll buy something and then you'll have that as a conversion as an actual customer, right? So um, with, with conversions, it's actually someone is going to purchase. All right. I, I answered the question. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry about that, Anna. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, th I think you might've hit it there. One, the difference between the two is one's on Facebook, one's off of Facebook, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now for the second question there, you want me to hit that one? Yes, please. Okay. For affiliate products, I'm trying to get my emails. I'm trying to get emails. Should I use leads or conversion on Facebook? Go on Facebook, go lead leads on Facebook all day long. You'll get them at a higher volume, lower cost. Anytime you're sending traffic away from Facebook, um, chances are that conversion is going to be much higher. But I'll caveat that with saying that you're going to breed probably a higher quality lead taking them off of Facebook because they are taking that action to go off of Facebook and manually input their information, where somebody on Facebook is going to go click, click. So if you want high volume, do it on Facebook. If you want better quality, take them off of Facebook, but you're going to get a higher cost per lead when doing so. Awesome. Beautiful. 
All right, there's Carol. So a lot of some of the account managers are on Skype uh, and for the more private affiliates they don't like to be live, we get the questions and we bring them to you. So this is the case. That's why that's why you're going to see, hey, Jason, question from one of my affiliates. Cool. How yeah. do you find a good icebreaker? Yeah, that's a great one. So an icebreaker could be as simple as, you know, having a conversation with a customer and understanding their pain points, because that icebreaker is addressing a pain point in their journey. You know, there's different phases in the journey. A lot of times at the top of the funnel, they don't even know they have a problem yet. So you need to figure out, you know, here's the problem. You need to present them with the problem that they don't know they have. And the answer to that problem is in this white paper or is in this icebreaker. Okay. And then that creates an easy conversation for you later on to talk about that, that piece of content, that lead magnet in a phone call and then educate them a little more on the issue. And you have the solution to their problem. Right. Um, another, uh, another great example is understanding, like maybe they already know the problem exists. They just don't know there's a solution out there. Well, ta-da, your solutions <laughs> in that white paper, right? Just write that. That's what your entire white paper is about. Like I said, go look at your blog because a lot of blog content, if you're an active blogger, is, yeah. is a white paper already done and just ready to be designed, right? So that's something to think about is address that objection that they have because you need to make it seamless so it gets irresistible for them to see that white paper and not get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is going to lower your lead cost. Absolutely. All right. I'll let you take on the next one. Sure. Hey, Jason, do you have advice for what a good image looks like, looks like for a well-converting lead form? as it's different from e-commerce, I assume. Um, image, so I mean, I talked a little bit about this today, but you're gonna wanna try a ton of different things, right? Like, like there used to be the, the text heavy rule on Facebook, that no longer applies. You can be heavy on text, um, yeah. That that's okay. And you see that, Anna, you see that, you know, yeah. with the Maxwell podcast yeah. posts, like this, it's very text heavy, but it works. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think the best thing to do is test it out because I'm not sure who your audience is or what's gonna resonate with that audience or what your competition's doing. Right. So that's one thing to keep in mind as well is is go over to the page transparency section on your competitor's Facebook page to see what they're running. Because if you're getting in front of the same audience as your competitor. Exactly. And you know, well, until that user yeah. is missing a lot of you know. Yeah, and also what we notice that works really well for uh, for lead forms is have something shocking, and you know it, it can be something shocking in the sense that is unexpected, right? So if it's something like I don't know, someone pouring uh, water out of a T-shirt, or oh, we've seen crazy, you know, uh, Facebook ads, but usually something unexpected. From our experience, uh, it works, right? Because something unexpected is going to make the users pause and stop for a moment. And you know, from our experience, that usually works. Unexpected stuff. Yeah, and and one thing to add to that is, um, if you have any testimonials, that's always good to retarget people with later on. Like somebody that downloads your lead magnet or icebreaker, uh, hit them up with a testimonial just to further proof. Uh, not proof the concept, but further give credibility to your product or service, right? Um, you know, think about it. They download the lead magnet and now they see more ads from other people using your product or service. It just further gives you credibility. Yep, love that. All right, next one. I knew we're gonna get one about the update. <laughs> I'll let you take it. Yeah, so with the new iOS 14.5, how will it affect these lead strategies? Um, to be honest, if you're doing everything as a Facebook lead gen that we talked about today, you are not affected at all, right? So uh, essentially this is all on Facebook. So you don't have to worry too much about that. You're just gathering leads from Facebook. Um, the only time it's gonna have an impact is if you're sending traffic to a, a page that has a pixel on it, and, uh, and now basically, you know, certain Apple users might op be opting out of those quote unquote cookies. So you won't be able to do your retargeting as effectively or conversion tracking on your site unless you set it up. There's, it gets complicated and technical with the DNS and all these things you have to do. But all you have to do is just do a quick Google on how to prepare mm -hmm. yourself for the Apple iOS uh, 14 update and just do your due diligence with that and, and you shouldn't have a problem. But awesome. for the strategy we're talking about today, it's not going to affect you at all because you're getting those users information off of Facebook. And this just gave me a brilliant idea. So um, because we got this question a lot the last couple of weeks on Monday, MaxWeb is going to have a blog about the uh, iOS update. 
So uh, we're going to collect all the content we find out there and we'll bring you really good information, I promise, because uh, I know a lot of you asked and, you know, just to cover this really quickly for all the affiliates listening, uh, we already have a beta in place. As you know, Maxup has a technical back background. So really it's not affecting your traffic because we already have like steps in place with the product owners we work with on how to set up domains for you so you're not impacted. Um, so as long as you're working with us, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> and and that's a good point. I mean, that and that's something as well is that um, you know, with the I mean talking about updates, the Google Core Vitals update is something that we're really focused on right now because um, you know, without going down that rabbit hole, but because with this new Google update. Date, they're going to be looking at things like, you know, page experience, um, you know, intrusive pop-ups and things like that may be penalized by Google with this new update um, and also page speed and the mobile friendliness and all that type of stuff. So just making sure your website is in a good position. If you're with MaxWeb, they're taking care of you, I'm sure. Um, and just making sure it's in a position when this update happens that you can jump ahead of your competition. Yeah. Oh, this one is for me. I'm, I'm really cu curious and hopefully, you know, as you know, my specialty is native ads. Uh, so social is, it has, is not my strong suit. So I, I'd rather ask something, even if it's uh, ignorant. I know a lot of friends listening in might have the same question. So with native ads, when we try to set up a new campaign, um, we use spy tools. So we go on at Plexity, on, you know, different spy tools, networks, and we look at like the best pre-sales, best lenders, we know what's working. Uh, big important note, never copy content, but it's beautiful to have information on what's working and the angle and the angles and colors and fonts and whatnot. So my question to you, are there any spy tools for Facebook ads for you to figure out what's working? Uh, how do you as the expert know what's working, right? Yeah. On native ads, we use spy tools. What do you do? Yeah. So in terms of spy tools for us, um, you know, there are there are, like we're part of the ad leaks group. There's a ad leaks group that uh, it's a Facebook kind of mastermind group. And there's a ton of special deals in there with some of these spy tools out there. Um, we use that. There's uh, Ad Espresso, which is a good one as well. And but that's more for creating Facebook ads that work in a certain way. But for us, we have our, we have our strategies and because we work so diversely and we work in so many different industries that, you know, we kind of have our own strategies that have worked for us over the past uh, few last few years, things are changing so much and so frequently, but you know, for us, we're more focused on just creating those ads that work for our clients. And, and that's kind of our focus at the end of the day. It's uh, if we do need to look at what competition's doing, we use the page transparency on Facebook and go and take a look at every single ad that's running. And a little tip to that is going in the page transparency and if you see your competition has been running an ad for the last six months very good chance that ads working so create something similar to it you know rather than reinventing the wheel a lot of the heavy lifting has already been done by your competition all you need to go out there and i'm not saying copy but i'm saying get some inspiration from what's working because if you're targeting the same audience that they are and they have a, a certain type of video ad with a certain type of copy that's working go out there and, and create something similar to it Absolutely. And I know this is not Facebook related, but you touched upon such an important aspect, um, looking at what the competition is doing. Um, and I personally, I love to do that because I believe in the abundance mindset. I'm excited when I see brilliant networks out there that do a really good job because I know it's going to make us better in the long term, right? You do want to have competition. You do want to have brilliant people in the industry that are doing things in a certain way. And of course, it's okay to check out what they're doing. Um, I'm always honored when I see people looking at what we're doing because we do the same. It's I think it's uh, not a shame to not acknowledge that, but on the contrary, I, I really think it goes back to the abundance mindset and you know seeing what others are doing because it's going to propel you and your business. Yeah, you you brought that. We had this discussion before, and and it's and we had it on. I think it was on our podcast. We were talking about uh, competition because the good thing about competition is it makes the industry as a whole much stronger, right? So much if I see if I see my competition is running a certain type of ad and it's working really well, it would only make sense for me to do something similar but different but something yep. uh, just raising the bar it's continuously raising the bar that's what competition is doing right and it's really weeding out this is one thing i mean look for us like i swear I, there's not a day that goes by where we don't have a new client come on board that's worked with another agency in the past and it just didn't work out you know mm -hmm. we hear it all the time so yep. 
competition is good because it does weed out those people that maybe took the SMMA program with Ty Lopez and now they're a social media expert, but they really don't know what they're doing because they have no experience. From an experienced agency like ours, it's, it's tested yeah. hundreds of thousands. Absolutely. Uh, I'll take another one while we get the connection back on. You see, we when you do a lot of podcasts, you know this is going to happen. Um, it happened to me on a webinar when I know a lot of you had to uh, watch me come back in and out because of the connection. So I'll take one here. How much should I spend to figure out if the campaign is profitable? Um, Jason answered this uh, a few minutes ago, but it depends really um, on 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 the offer too. So the Jason advice was that it's more important to, to see if it's scalable. So 30, 40 bucks a day, um, it's usually enough to see, uh, you know, to test and optimize before you increase. And I think that's a healthy number. Um, even for us, when we start certain campaigns, uh, that's what we do, right? We, uh, we spend, you know, up to 50 bucks and then you increase, you can double and triple that number um, to, to really get um to see what's working right because we talk so much about optimizing and uh testing and not just in affiliate marketing but but really in all the other ones it it makes sense to do that so i'll just take on more questions um jason messaged me he'll be with us in a moment uh sean do you have a cheat sheet we can use to follow when it comes to traffic well we have a lot of information on our blog john um we uh, have a knowledge base on MaxWeb 2. Uh, you have to be an active affiliate. Uh, you don't have to have uh, a specific number of sales as long as you're an active uh, MaxWeb affiliate. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have the MaxWeb Academy and knowledge base. So in there, you're going to have cheat sheets on all the aspects on how to run Facebook and native and YouTube and all the other, you know, traffic sources. So it's it's you know it, it's a wonderful question uh sam uh, how do you identify a good lead magnet so um I'll, I'll leave that one for for jason as well but for us it's usually you know a, a good lead magnet is going to get you a lot of clicks right so i touched upon this uh a few moments ago but you want to um you want to have unexpected stuff, right? So when people are scrolling, just put yourself in the position of the customer for, for a moment, right? Uh, you're scrolling to the information um, on either it's on Facebook or Insta on TikTok. What makes you stop, right? It's, it's really no, it's not... Uh, incredibly difficult to to get ads that convert but uh what i can do so i can spend a few moments talking to you about what super affiliates do on facebook and what works for them right because on our end we see the best offers and what super affiliates are doing so without sharing exactly their strategies we can tell you for example number one quizzes work wonders right so a good quiz especially for a weight loss offer um will always do wonders right so start with uh with a lead magnet or information like uh what side of the bed do you wake up on right so that's you know that's an interesting question so you might think how is that relevant to my diet or if i'm gonna lose weight or not but it works using a quiz and starting your quiz with something unexpected and interesting like that. It's, it's, you know, it's super, you, we have seen it work and we have seen affiliates generate, you know, seven figures a day with, with quizzes. So definitely use quizzes if you can, um, test, be patient, right? We don't want you to lose money, but be patient with your ads. Um, Jason, I think I'm going to be a Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that uh, technical difficulty there. I think we got like dial up Tuesdays in the office here. Please don't worry. I, uh, I was telling your friends to. There's a bit of. Do you hear it? What is it? Feedback? Uh huh. Just from me. I'll let you. I'll let you answer the question. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go over here. Let me see. How do you identify a good lead magnet? That was uh, from Sabra. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. A good lead magnet. So a good one would be, you know, and you can if you can test multiple lead magnets, 
that's always going to work well for you because you know typically if you can test two um, you're remember you're trying to catch that person in the right stage of their journey um, so and you'll know pretty quickly in terms of lead cost and what the, what an ideal cost for you is that example that I showed in today's presentation our lead cost was like three dollars and seventy cents which is uh, which they were very happy with getting a lead cost at that amount um, we've had lead costs of um, we work with a barbecue company and for them uh, we created a lead magnet on how to cook the perfect steak um, we were getting leads at like 70 cents so obviously all those leads they weren't selling barbecues off of that lead but they were added to their email list for future selling and future nurturing right so um, it really depends you'll know pretty quickly on that lead cost is in the right place for you um, but again use the lead to get to your email list for future nurturing that's the key I think we had some. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go up here. Let me see here. B -b 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 advice for what good image? Yeah, we did that one. How much should I spend to figure out the campaign is profitable or not? How many visits are relevant? Okay, Andra had that question. So, Andra, um, what we want to do is so so in terms of profitability, right? That really depends on on how much your your you know how much your cost is. Um, you know, it really depends, right? But at the end of the day, um, remember it's a long it's a long game with this approach. Okay, it's not overnight success, and that's the key. So for us, it's like you know a great example of this is when we put out a lead magnet, somebody might not convert until five or six months down the road right and that's okay for us you know what i mean but it's it's you're, you're creating a bigger pool of people that you're top of mind with you know that's that's the purpose of this the purpose of this is not okay i'm going to make a conversion right away it's that nurturing process of the emails and the sequence that you put those emails out there and catching that buyer when they're ready to buy because what that's this is doing for you is keeping you top of mind for when that day comes for when they're ready to buy you know how many people come to us and they're like, yeah, I would ask them, how did you find out about us? Well, I listened to your podcast and then I downloaded your lead magnet and I've had it there in my inbox forever. I never had a chance to read it, but I actually want to buy your product now or buy your service. So I'm reaching out to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether they convert or whether they re actually read the content or not, it's kind of irrelevant. They, you ha they have you on the email. They got something from you for free. So now it's on you to just nurture it. Going down here, uh, question from Adam G. How many days, thirty to forty dollars days before increasing the daily spend? How should how I how I look at the number of visits? Should I look at number of visits? Um, in terms of that, it's visits. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm assuming you're referring to website visits. That's not as important with this strategy. Um, what's important is is the lead cost that's coming in on Facebook. It's getting those leads directly on Facebook. So it's really up to you. I mean, you can turn look at it like a tap. Right. If you have a budget of $100 a day to spend, spend it and, um, and, and set up your retargeting correctly. I mean, it, we spend $200 a day for ourselves, full transparency, $200 a day for doing the top of funnel, middle of funnel and lead generation. And for us at the end of the day, that spend when we look month over month actually backs out when you look at it from like a, a you know, quarterly or when you look at it you know, biannually, it totally makes sense for us. We, won't, we wouldn't see that ROI in two weeks or a month. It does take time and takes patience. You almost need to select your spend. Don't look at it like, oh, $30, $40 a day, how long? It's like, I'm going to be spending $5,000 over this period of time and then allocating it accordingly, right? If that makes sense. So, huge Facebook, you can turn off, mute yourself. I know, perfect. Sorry, so it's 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 a bit of noise when I speak. So I'll do a thumbs up when you can do it and answer. So this is how it works, guys. You see, we have a system. We crossed over the bump. All right. So my question, and I, you know, it's 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 important. Um, for you know, let's pretend I'm a new affiliate or I'm a new person getting on Facebook. We get this question a lot. So are there any good courses? Because you know how many gurus we have in the industry. Um, you know, some of the affiliates are, are okay with paying. It's, it's not really just looking for free stuff, but they want to know, you know, they want to be certain if they purchase something, it's going to be helpful. So from your experience, do you think there are any courses out there on Facebook ads that you recommend? Because you are an expert. So I would really trust your recommendation here. 
Absolutely. So for us, I mean, it's for me specifically, um, I've been doing this for years, so I, I actually haven't I haven't taken too many courses on it. I am a part of the group AdLeaks. So if you know uh, Facebook ad buyers, that's the free group. AdLeaks Premium is where you pay extra for it. It's a very exclusive group of Facebook marketers, and um, and it's it's pretty cheap. It's like ninety nine bucks. Uh, well, it's ninety nine bucks a month to be a part of this group, but there's tons of programs in there as well. It's run by Tim Bird, and yeah. um, and that's a really good one. That's the one that I lean on. But really, a lot of it is Facebook groups and having a good community that you can ask questions to. Um, you know, I know what you mean, Anna. There's some people out there they like to take courses on how to play the guitar, and some people are self-taught. You know what I mean? Fortunately, you know. We have a lot of experience. We have a Facebook marketing rep that we rely on for any sort of questions that we might have about new ad placements or new strategies that are working. So that's kind of, it's fortunate for us. Um, if people out there wanna know, want, want some free tidbits or free takeaways, check out our YouTube channel, Merged Media on YouTube. Every week I drop uh, a new video, sometimes about Facebook ad strategy, sometimes SEO. Our YouTube channel is filled with videos. So if you wanna go and check that out, you can definitely do that. Uh, media on YouTube awesome. um, all right oh we have one more question I probably will take two more because I, I really don't want to go over the one hour but uh, I, I hate to leave some of our friends waiting so I'll let you take Andy's question because she's on Skype with some of the affiliates that's uh, Andrea Andrea's question Okay, what is the quality of the lead for the $200 you spend for yourself? That's a great question. Um, so when we're spending, so keep in mind, with that $200, it's not all thrown at lead generation. We're doing, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of like of driving traffic to my podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're capturing people. They're basically what we do. And this is great. I mean, this is just to go out of this for a second. I just want to talk a bit about Top of Funnel, Anna, because you guys are doing it well as, as well as using a platform like StreamYard and then collecting this video content. Because on our podcast, once we have a piece of video content, we're chopping it up into little 30 second clips. It's going out on Facebook ads. So that's our Top of Funnel. And then we're capturing people watching a percentage of those 30 second clips and then hammering them with blog content or a lead magnet approach. And then later on, we were we were ranked as one of the top B2B companies in Canada in 2021 by Clutch. And so that is an ad that served to that bottom of funnel person that's downloaded our lead magnet. It's like, hey, why don't you work with one of the best B2B companies in Canada? And that's kind of our quick and dirty sort of funnel. So with that $200, it's spread throughout. But if we're just throwing $200 at the lead gen to a cold audience, uh, Andrea, you're, what you're gonna expect is a very low quality lead, which is gonna require a high level of nurturing through email, okay? But if you target that person that has followed your podcast, that has read your blog, and then you hit them up with the lead magnet, you're gonna get a much better quality lead. So it's just all about the timing and where you hit that person on their journey. It's so important. We keep saying it, but it's so important. So it really does depend on the quality of lead on when they find you in their journey. All right. So um, I'd love to do this at the end of every podcast. Um, I really want you to spend, you know, two minutes to just pinpoint three important things that you want people to take away from our uh, beautiful talk today. Um, and it's do it in your own, you know, it can go over two minutes if you want or under, but what are three important things you really want people to take away from our podcast today? Uh, unmute yourself. <laughs> First and foremost, understanding where your audience is in their journey is probably the most over overlooked aspect of creating Facebook ads. Um, and I, that's, that's number one is understanding where they're at on their journey and not just assuming that this massive pool of people are all at the same stage of their journey. So once you can dissect that and understand and create that messaging to resonate with that audience, the better quality lead you're going to get. Okay. Um, also number two, Understanding you only get one chance to make your first connection. So that first ad that that cold audience is served needs to be something of value. You cannot hit that person with um, a, a very aggressive salesy ad. You may potentially lose that, that potential client forever or that potential customer forever because it just leaves a bad taste in their mouth and you, do, you don't want them seeing your ad on Facebook being like, hey, this person's ruining my experience here and scroll past your ad because 
forget about it. It's not going to help you in the long run. Okay. And third, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, nurture, nurture, nurture. You need to make sure that you are following up and staying top of mind with that client because you don't know when exactly they're going to be in a position to buy. So make sure that you are always following up, whether it's a monthly newsletter, bi-weekly newsletter, whatever it is, just make sure you are remaining top of mind and making sure, a part of that is making sure your custom audiences are set up so you're doing proper retargeting. And those are my three takeaways today. Awesome. Well, that was so valuable. And uh, we actually shared the Merge Media YouTube channel in the comments. So if you guys want to, you know, if you're listening to this later, make sure you go in the comments, go to that. I'm not saying this because Jason is here and pre present, but the content him and his team are using, it's so valuable, right? We learned so much from Jason and his team from, you know, the podcast or how to present content because it's valuable. It's important to lead with uh, you know the abundance of information and content and and good stuff you can provide and give back to the industry so again you guys if you are watching this that's wonderful if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple make sure you check the video because Jason had some beautiful slides earlier in in the podcast for the first 30 minutes and they are very valuable subscribe please ask any questions if you want to reach out to jason directly please do if not get a question to us we'll make sure to get it to him uh so he can answer uh jason thank you so much for being here with us today uh we love and appreciate you and we'll have you back we have to discuss tiktok ads awesome thank you so much anna thanks for having me my apologies for the technical hiccups today but i'm glad we got through it and i hope i answered everyone's questions and uh i love what you're doing this is awesome i'm gonna stay in touch and and, and uh, i can't wait to be back on yep thank you so much uh thank you guys it's always so wonderful to see so many friends live with us we love you we appreciate you ask any questions you want uh we we mean it we are here for you we love you and have a really good day Bye, guys. <laughs>